This is The Big Question, where we do our best to answer questions from young disciples at Grace Presbyterian Church and to be at peace with the mysteries that we can't explain. I'm Pastor Mark, your host, and in this episode we have questions from Susanna, Sam M., Israel, Levi, and Caleb F. First, we'll tackle a few serious questions, then we'll look at this episode's big question, and we'll wrap things up at the end with a few fun questions. Let's start with our serious questions. Our first question comes from Susanna, who asks, Do you think people like Jael, the woman who killed an evil king, and King Xerxes uh, went to heaven? The short answer, Susanna, is I don't know. In the same way that as a pastor, I can't look in people's hearts and know with absolute certainty whether their faith is genuine, I also cannot judge the hearts of people long ago. Generally speaking, we know that the plan of salvation in the Old Testament was the same as the plan of salvation in the New, more or less. Abraham was justified by faith in Christ, even though he couldn't have named Christ because he trusted that God would keep his covenant promise, and Jesus was how God kept that promise. Basically, in the Old Testament, people's faith looked forward to Jesus, and now our faith looks back to him. Of course, we look forward, too, because we wait for his return. So, anyone who trusted in God to keep his covenant promise would have been justified by faith, as Abraham was. I think it's reasonable to assume that Jael had this kind of confidence. She is a hero in the book of Judges, after all. In the case of Xerxes, because of the influence of his wife Esther, it's possible that he did as well. But if you want to be certain, I'm afraid you're just going to have to wait and see. And now Sam M. asks, Did Stephen really see God while being stoned? Because when Moses saw God, he could only look at his back. Well, you're right, Sam. In Exodus 33, Moses asks God to, quote, Show me your glory. God says, man cannot see his face and live. So he hides Moses in the cleft of a rock and blocks it with his hand while his glory passes and then removes his hand, allowing Moses to see his back, but not his face. Now fast forward to Acts chapter 7, the martyrdom of Stephen. In the description of Stephen's death that we have in the book of Acts, we read this. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. So the question is, what did Stephen see and how did he see what he saw? First, note that whatever he saw, Stephen did not see God and live. Instead, he saw God and died. So maybe in the moment of his impending death, he was allowed to see more than Moses could, since Moses had to keep on living on this earth. But it seems to me that the key here is that Stephen was, to quote Acts again, full of the Holy Spirit when this happened. 
That suggests that Stephen, through the Spirit, was given a vision of the presence of God, just like John would later receive the vision that he writes about in Revelation chapter 5. What was revealed to Moses was more than a vision. It was physical. And so it makes sense that the precautions mentioned in Exodus 33 were necessary then, though not later in Acts chapter 7. Now it's time for the big question. Our big question this week comes from Israel. Let's give Israel a round of applause. Here's Israel's question. In a non-abusive manner, can you sin against an animal? (laughs) Well, Israel, animals are a popular topic on the big question. I've gotten a lot of inquiries about animals. In particular, back in episode 72, we talked about whether animals go to heaven. If you don't remember that one, go back and listen. Here, the question is about how we treat animals. This is fascinating, and there are a few parts to the question, so let's take a moment and break it down. First, Israel specifies that he means in a non-abusive manner. In other words, he's not talking about animal cruelty. Uh, Neglect and cruelty towards animals is indeed sinful. Proverbs 12 verse 10 insists that whoever is righteous has regard for the life of his beast. The Bible allows for killing animals out of necessity, and it doesn't consider that to be abuse. But cruelty and neglect are wrong. Secondly, Israel specifically asks about sinning against an animal, not just sins that involve animals. Now, let me explain the difference. Because any violation of conscience is a sin, it's possible to commit a sin even if you're doing something that the Bible doesn't explicitly condemn. The classic example of this is eating meat offered to idols. Paul says it's not a sin to do this objectively. But it becomes a sin if you think it's wrong and you do it anyway. And when you think about it, meat offered to idols is, well, part of an animal. The animal is sacrificed and then the meat is eaten. So Paul's addressing a sin that involves killing and eating an animal. In fact, several sins. First, it was sinful in the first place to offer a sacrifice to a false god. And second, it was sinful to eat of the meat, even though it's not forbidden, because you thought it was wrong, but did it anyway. However, none of this really addresses the question that Israel is asking, because to do that, we need to know if the person who eats animal meat offered to idols sins against the animal. In other words, it may be an offense against God, but is it also an offense against the sacrificial animal? Let me bring that question into focus. Forget about animals for a minute and think about two brothers. If I tell a lie to my brother, I commit a sin. Obviously, I've sinned against God because ultimately all sin is against God. But haven't I also sinned against my brother? Well, yes. When I repent of my sin and turn from it, I should apologize and seek forgiveness from God, obviously. But I should also seek forgiveness from my brother, too, because I sinned against him. Now, let's replace my brother in this scenario with, for example, a cat. 
If I tell a lie to my cat, have I sinned against him? Now, up front, I have to point out that the Bible doesn't actually address this directly, as far as I can tell. All we can do is apply the knowledge that we have to this particular problem. And as you know, I think it's okay for us to speculate about things the Bible doesn't tell us. But we also need to be really careful not to forget that speculation is all it is. We're just guessing. So never put your guesses on the same level as scripture. That goes for my guesses too. And with that in mind, here's what I think. On the one hand, the way you treat an animal can certainly be sinful. On the other, I'm not sure we should think of that as sinning against the animal in the same way you can sin against a human being. Now, the proof of this, perhaps, is that the more unlike a human an animal is, the more absurd it seems to say that I can sin against it. Can you sin against a mosquito or can you lie to a cockroach? We don't have much affinity for insects, so it feels pretty safe to say no. But we do feel an affinity for our pets. Animals we feel like we have relationships with. So in that case, it seems a little strange to say that we can't sin against them. Well, rather than trying to rank animals and figure out if we can or cannot sin against some but not others, I think it's best just to recognize that what makes it hard is when we think of an animal more or less as one of us, as a human being. As I pointed out in episode 72, the question of guilt for sin in this world concerns only human beings. Animals are influenced by the fall, but their actions, no matter how bad they may seem, are not sinful. They're not something that animals need forgiveness for because they're not made in God's image. They aren't moral creatures. They don't need forgiveness and aren't able to grant it either, as far as I can tell. So no, technically, I don't think you can sin against an animal, but you do sin when you treat animals with cruelty and neglect, or when you treat them in ways that go against your conscience. Before we close, let's look at a few fun questions. First, Levi asks, what would you do if a cat ate your house? Funny you should ask that, Levi, since we've just been talking about animals and sin. I actually have a cat, Georgie, who is very focused on eating. He doesn't seem to think of anything else unless he's asleep, and he probably dreams about eating even then. Fortunately, Georgie hasn't shown any interest in eating the house. The only animal who's done that is a woodpecker who's been pecking away at the garage recently. I'm not sure he eats the wood. I think he just likes to peck holes in it. But to answer your question, if a cat ate my house, it really depends on whether I'm inside or outside when it happens. If I'm outside, I would just live somewhere else. I might move into the church, for example. But if I'm inside, well, then I guess I would live in a cat from now on. And now Caleb F. wants to know, do you like Legos? I don't like Legos. I love Legos. When I was your age, Caleb, you wouldn't have been able to walk barefoot in my house without stepping on a Lego. I don't know how they manage to put such sharp edges on those Legos, but they do. One thing I was never good at, though, is assembling Lego sets. 
I always used the pieces to make designs of my own invention because I could never figure out how to do the ones that are pictured on the outside of the box. That's all for now. Thanks for listening to The Big Question. Remember, if we're going to find the answers, then we have to ask the questions. Never be afraid to ask, and never be satisfied with easy answers. The truth will stand up to scrutiny. Until next time, keep asking The Big Questions.